It is Sunday, May 9th, 4.53. Futures markets set to open at 6 p.m. Foreign currency markets primarily open at 5.15. This is pre-market report in the week ahead as we discuss oil and digest Elon Musk's weekend appearance, which we called correctly on Friday night, refer to the last podcast. This is Exec Sun. Yeah. Yep. So, how on thousand sixty nine thousand? Just want to experiment with this little um, thing. It allows us to create podcasts of dubious quality and get them out quite quickly. Um, so, we were right, Dunk, or more precisely, you were right, Dunk, on the uh, the Dogecoin sell off with the Elon Musk SNL appearance you had the uh, idea by the rumors sell the fact and that definitely was a trade that worked on saturday night yeah it worked really well well i mean i guess uh not so well for the people that were buying dogecoin for whatever reason yeah or but i mean even if you were sort of long for that event you know i mean it just absolutely sort of crashed and he he offered you know, you knew he was going to, I I felt like I knew that it was going to happen. He was going to bring it up at some point. And, you know, I did it during weekend edition, which uh, weekend update. Um, and he said, sort of a thing, I guess you could interpret two as one is a joke and two to the moon. Or I, the, the, I think the thing that caught the press's attention the most is that he self-described Asperger's, which explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think the Wall Street bets crowd after GME was uh, looking for something to buy, and uh, they found Dogecoin. And for whatever reason, a lot of people just like like to just stock Elon Musk's Twitter and just buy whatever the hell he talks about. Yeah, I mean, it hadn't been a terrible trade. I just I would always gotten the sense that he was this kind of jerk, and. Seeing him on SNL last night trying to act like a human being and, and if he has Asperger's, I, I guess it kind of changes the way I feel about him, not the way I feel about his companies, which is I never want to own Tesla stock. And I don't like Teslas. They make me car sick. And I think they're weird plastic cars that have a big iPad in the middle. But um, I don't know. He seemed like a more relatable guy after that experience. But the bottom line is if you're buying Doge in anticipation of uh yeah, you know, it just goes to show you that time and time again, the more we talk about crypto, how the, the more crypto seems to, despite not having a whole lot of fundamentals out there, obey the laws of trading. I mean, you know, Elon Musk's appearance on SNL was to the Doge traders, to the crypto traders, not unlike a Fed member talking at a luncheon that gets published on CNBC. You know, people buy in anticipation of the event and the event happens and it comes back. Comes, you know, that's the time to sell. So, speaking of events, the biggest news in normal world uh, over the weekend was the cyber attack on the Colonial Pipeline, which is a big deal. The Colonial Pipeline, I mean, it's or Centennial, I forget which one, um, but it's 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 a big deal, and oil is definitely going to open up in the uh, open up here in the next hour higher. It's definitely going to open higher. I think the difference here, I think, I think. What you need to know about trading oil for the rest of the year is going to be determined over the next 24 hours. 
So we saw this this terrorist act interruption in a minor Saudi oil refinery, and uh, the energy-focused investment banks I know were putting out research notes about geopolitical risk, which is always true. I mean, it's sort of just... You can always just, I mean, they just dust them off and they send them out whenever there's something that happens in the Middle East or whatnot. But given the fact that we're sort of a net exporter of oil, I don't even know how much that matters anymore. But I think that if if oil gaps up a couple bucks, if it gaps up big, that's news. But the, the, the question is, you know, oil trades in a pretty much 24-7 way on NYMEX in terms of uh, physically subtle features and uh, paper trading on the ice. But if it if, if it gaps up big and it stays up and it closes up, the oil session is between 9 and 2.30. And it's short because that's as long as people, when they did open outcry, could actually sort of stand up and yell at each other. Um, and the closing price of oil is determined each day, Monday through Friday at 2.30. So I think if trade, you know, oil gaps up two to five dollars, and traders sell the shit out of that at nine o'clock, um, and it just goes down the rest of the day, I think that tells you everything that you need to know about trading oil for the rest of the year. If it gaps up between two to five dollars, and traders extend the rally, or at least it closes at two thirty with that gap up, I mean, I think you're in for. This combined with uh, the reopening trade combined with the weakening dollar um, puts you in a secular bull market for oil. As it stands right now, it's like consolidating. There's this key psychological level in TI, which is $65 is the break-even price for most shell, domestic shell producers, which nobody goes into business to break even. So I'm not really sure why that's a huge benchmark, but it's something traders pay a lot of attention to. So it's been hovering around that mark and unable to really close above it in a strong way. So I, I just think tomorrow is a big, a big deal. And then the spillover from that, which is something that we talked about before, and City put out this research note that like nobody read except me. I, I, in twenty, you know, the oil crash from fourteen to twenty sixteen um, created basically a stimulus to the greater economy that was somewhere between one and two trillion dollars because you were going from three to four dollar gasoline to one to two dollar gasoline and that created you know one to two trillion dollar stimulus which i think ultimately although you know there was negative pressure on energy shares and the s p and, and generally in the energy space um you had that that big uplift in the markets and the economy uh that really got going right around 2016 and extended throughout the end to the end of the decade and i think it was really pushed on by the, the crash in, in oil prices. Oil did briefly trade up to around 75 in September of 2018, but it quickly sold off to round out the year at like $42. And of course, it famously went negative around this time last year. So I just, I think that's something people need to be paying attention to because uh, there's a lot of talk about ESG. There's a lot of talk about Biden's uh, plans to go to renewables. There's a lot of talk about, you know, fracking being dead, et cetera. However, uh, we're always going to need petroleum for blend stocks to create plastics. And I think that sort of the big fervor that I felt or I, I, I saw among participants in the market, oil markets, uh, with the Biden com- coming in and announcing the plans, it just 
kind of seems like it's lost a little bit of uh, uh, steam out there. So if we do see oil trade up into the 80s uh, for the rest of the year and the dollar continue to weaken, say 1.3 against the euro, that's going to put a headwind into core CPI. That's going to put a headwind and maybe cause the Fed not to have to tighten as much. Um, so that's going to put a, a floor under energy expenditures and create headwinds for the economy. So I think, I think, in other words, this next 24 hours is going to tell us a lot about the rest of the year in oil. And subsequently, that could have impacts down the road. And um, you got anything? I mean, I'm sure there's tons of other data coming out this week, but who cares? So in trading show, you got any other things coming up this week you think are significant? Um, yeah, I mean, well, I think that Bitcoin's at a another like a you know on a technical level uh at an inflection point where we're gonna see we're gonna see it go up or down i mean uh you know i don't think like end of the rallies you know but yeah some some sort of movement towards an all-time high or this thing's just gonna like cool off for a while um it looks really really wound up yeah that's one of the things we discussed uh i think on the podcast it got deleted uh was you know, I feel like everyone is is expecting is, is sort of in their mind expecting Bitcoin in a larger crypto complex because there's a lot of people out there who think Bitcoin is crypto. You know, they're all the same. Um, I think there are a lot of people who are expecting it to sort of quote unquote come back down to earth, meaning you know maybe a thousand dollars or to crash to the to, to the people who are are or in crypto space that would constitute a crash to the people who are just sort of eyeing it, you know, and, and looking at it as a general sign of, of market health. I, I think Bitcoin has and crypto has captured people's attention in the sense that there was a point when Apple was creating these record highs and I was trading oil futures and we were watching Apple in 2010 or 2011 more than we were watching the price of oil. I mean, the whole world was trading on the price of Apple. And I kind of feel like if we did see a big dent uh, created across crypto and in Bitcoin in particular, because there's a lot of people who are, are see the value and are entering BT, uh, BTC Bitcoin um, ETF funds. But of course they're not going to go for a Dogecoin or a, you know, they don't know what Ethereum is. And I took a big bet on, I finally gave and took a big bet on Ethereum on Saturday because I see it as the gateway to the, to the blockchain. The gateway will inevitably outperform um, each individual crypto. We'll see if, we'll see if I'm, I'm right. I don't, you know, I don't know. But, but I think that, uh, um, yeah, so I think, I think a, a big sell-off in, in Bitcoin to me would be negative to the overall market sentiment. And last thing I'll say about that is I think you're right. And, and so people betting, you know, these people, I, they've gotten their faces ripped off by now by betting against Bitcoin. I don't know who's short Bitcoin, but I, I, I do think there's this continual belief that Bitcoin is going to go to a hundred thousand, 600,000 or 6,000. And I'm just curious, you know, no one feels like to me, no one is even conceptualizing that Bitcoin could just stay here within a narrow, you know, plus 10,000, negative 2,000 trading range for the rest of the year or two years or even three months, you know? I mean, I just feel like, I feel like with crypto, there's always this hyper 
pressure on it as you know because it, it is volatile or whatever but there's just this added pressure as an asset class that it has to be doing something extreme but right right well and yeah. i think that uh you know that that partly shows up in the price too because you have a bunch of people that are you know that when they see it do something extreme then they're like oh well now we got to do something you know so if it goes up a bunch you have a bunch of people react to that with a lot of selling and then it goes down a bunch you have a, you know a bunch of buying so uh you know the people in the space just like to like to be buying and selling a lot you know has, has cme group come out with a, a bit bitcoin volatility index features product at all no in fact uh that's one of the thing i'm 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 a little bit involved in some of these DeFi, you know, shitcoin spaces. And uh, that's one of the things that I keep requesting of them is like, can you give me a, can you give me a volatility index or like, you know, basically a crypto that tracks Bitcoin's volatility? Yeah. Cause I mean, there's two things. There's, you know, there's, there's actual volatility and implied volatility. Implied volatility is, you know, the VIX, which is, which is not, right. it's a fear index. It's not actually how volatile things are. And, uh, that really always annoys me because if you really want to put a volatility trader on, you have to use options. You have to basically sell. You're selling volatility, and it's a specific options trading strategy. But if you go, uh, you don't short the VIX for a number of reasons. The, the ETF, the futures are all screwed up, and and what what have you. But it doesn't describe actual volatility. And another thing about volatility is when you hear people going on CNBC talking a lot about volatility or they're predicting volatile markets. It usually means they're losing money. That's just a some synonym for <laughs> they just don't <laughs> want to go on and say, you know, I'm getting thrashed. But uh, but I, I, yeah, I do think there should be some besides just there should be some financial instrument out there if this is going to be a you know healthy market where you can just bet on you can sell volatility. You can say. You can say, no, I do not think that the revolution is coming. I do not think Bitcoin is going to 600,000. At the same time, I don't think it's going to 10,000 either. And so somebody should be able to write that trade and benefit from it. Because, I mean, again, having that product, the more participants you have in a market, the more liquid it is. And the more ways to express a view you have, the more liquid it is as well. Anyway, this is before the market had opened, jibber-jabber, oil and uh, Bitcoin and uh we're gonna try out this little app here appreciate it hal and i will talk to you later talk to you later have a good one thanks man and so that's before the market jibber jabber recorded may 9th 507 eastern and to take you out to wish you a happy week one of our favorite songs that we've cleared the rights to uh this is brother tiger's cover of everybody wants to rule the world Thank you.